Chapter 1 Danakil Archaeological Site Danakil Depression, Northeastern Ethiopia 11th of June, 1966 1605 hours Why don't you tell me what is going on, Muzo? Professor Julius Kimball asked anxiously as he struggled to keep pace alongside his colleague, Mutso Gadawo. They were traversing a major causeway that ran the length of the Danakil archaeological site. The dig was enormous, covering an area of eight square miles, the majority of it still buried under tons of shifting red volcanic sand. I cannot, Professor. It's easier if I show you. All I can say is we found something we didn't expect to find, Gadawa responded enthusiastically. The excitement in his soft, accented voice was palpable. The archaeological dig was a joint venture between the Ethiopian government, overseen personally by Emperor Haile Selassie, and Harvard University. Leading the dig was Professor Julius Kimball. Kimball, who was now fifty-five years old, was originally from Boston, but had spent the last twenty-five years of his life travelling the world, working on archaeological sites, particularly those in Lower Egypt and in Africa. Kimball was short, grey-haired, spoke four languages, and chain-smoked seventy cigarettes a day. As a younger man, after bumming around from university to university lecturing, he was reluctantly seconded into participating on an expedition in Jordan. Despite his initial misgivings, he found he actually enjoyed fieldwork and getting his hands dirty. He also found he didn't really miss the creature comforts of home. Living halfway around the world in a remote and harsh location didn't bother him. Wherever he threw his textbooks became his home. As far as he was concerned, the archaeological dig provided all the community he needed, which was fortuitous, particularly on this dig. The Danakil Depression in northeastern Ethiopia was one of the most remote locations on Earth, and due to the volcanic activity, it was also one of the hottest, with an average temperature of 34 degrees Celsius, 94 degrees Fahrenheit. However, in summer, temperatures had risen as high as 67 degrees Celsius, 153 degrees Fahrenheit. It was so hot and inhospitable, it was hard to believe anyone could live there. There wasn't a road or track to the site. Impenetrable natural cliff formations and rock made an approach to the dig from the east and west virtually impossible, and a rugged volcanic desert bounded the other two sites. A chopper was the only way in or out. Musa Gadawa was second in charge at the site, and had been personally chosen by Haile Selassie to lead the Ethiopian contingent at the dig. But despite the Emperor's blessing, at times Gadawa felt swamped by the number of American archaeologists present. Although Gadawa was highly educated, all hierarchical organizations have a pecking order, and most noticeably, internal politics. Gadawa was a good archaeologist, but a poor politician, and as such was not accorded the respect he was due. Gadawa was a shade under six foot, was lean, and had wavy dark hair. His skin was coffee-coloured, and he was handsome with a thin, narrow face, adorned with a well-maintained goatee and moustache. He was sensibly dressed in a pair of tawny canvas trousers and a cotton shirt in the same colour. 
Gadawa led his superior into the main temple and down along a row of ornately carved columns until they came to a recently installed spiral staircase. Their footsteps echoed on the metal steps as they descended to a sub-basement area which had been carved from the rock. Kimball hadn't been down in this part of the dig before and peered around in the darkness noticing a workshop of tools, pneumatic drills and jackhammers. A small petrol generator noisily rattled away, supplying power via extension cord to a line of light globes around the room. "'I think you will need these,' Gadabo said as he handed Kimball a metal flashlight and a construction helmet. "'Thank you,' Kimball answered, confused. He put the helmet on and tucked the torch into his belt. "'This way,' Gadabo indicated, as he led Kimball to a sheet-black plastic door which covered a hole in the wall. "'Watch your head,' he added, as they crouched through the moor into a smooth, rounded tunnel.